provided us our own building. That was not a shout like we didn't have to set up this morning and get here early. That was definitely not a shout like somebody is forcing us to get out by 1 p.m. this afternoon. Come on, victory belongs to him, and he's given us the victory today. So come on and give God your best praise this morning. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, give him the victory. Come on, give him all the glory. Come on, give him the glory that is due his name. Come on, God did it, and all the glory belongs to him. Come on, God did it, and all the glory belongs to him. So we glorify you, we magnify you today. And Father, because we're in you, and victory belongs in you, you provided the victory for us. And for that, as Linked Up Church, we say thank you. Is anybody thankful for what God has done? Of course, we praise him for what he's done. But let's go deeper a little moment. Let's just go ahead and worship him for who he is. Why don't you lift up your hands right now? Just open up your heart. Worship him for being your provider, your healer, your deliverer. Whatever he's been to you, just worship him for a moment right now. Father, I just want to stand on this platform and worship you for being the great I am, Father. Everything that we needed you to be for the last five years, you've been all of that and some, Father. And so, Father, we won't take any of the glory away from you today for bringing us to this place. You brought us up out of a miry pit, Father. And you placed our feet upon a rock, Father. We know that that rock is Jesus, Father. You placed us upon that rock to stay. So, Father, we just worship you in this place. We honor you. We glorify your holy name. I want to ask my wife to come up here for a moment. Doesn't she look beautiful today? Extra beautiful. And so, just on behalf of both of us, our children, they were here at the first service today. Uh, I just, I don't know, there's just so much emotion just waking up this morning and driving here. But really, from the bottom of my heart, uh, you all believed in us when there was nothing to believe in. And I can't tell you what that means. You believed in us enough to say, we're going to have an exploratory meeting at the Lassiter Performing Arts Center in East Cobb, and you showed up there. Then we went to the Cobb Energy Center, and you all showed up there and said, we still believe you. We went to the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Hall. You showed up there. Then we went to the SWAT, Southwest Atlanta, to the West End Seventh-day Adventist Church. And you said the neighborhood still won't stop us from believing in them. Then when we came back out to Cobb and we were at the Marietta Performing Arts Center, you still showed up and look at you today. Now we have our own home. And what we're acknowledging today is that we did not get here by ourselves. And so we want to thank you all for believing in us, for sowing your time, talent, your resources, but most importantly, your prayers. Would you give yourselves a big round of applause today? Thank you so much. 
I also want to take a moment to thank the people who set up, broke down, put stuff together, took it apart, set it back down, picked it back up, put it back together, it broke. We bought new stuff, they put that back together, set that back up again, put that on a truck, drove that truck over to one place, put it in store, took it out of stores. I want to thank the best Dream Team volunteers in the United States of America. Come on, let's give it up for our volunteers. Excellent. And I would be remiss to say if I didn't have, we don't have a big staff, folks. You know, we really have a staff of how many people? 20 people. 10 full-time, 10 part-time doing all of this work. And so can you give it up for the linked-up staff? Wow. They all wear multiple hats. They don't just do one thing. They all wear multiple hats. And them being willing to do that is what allowed us to save money to buy this building cash. And we give God all the glory for that. Thank you, babe. Before I allow you to be seated today, I know there are several people here today. For all the guests and visitors and volunteers that are here from out of state, I'd just be all day trying to say all of your names. I want to thank you for coming out to support us on the day. I want to give a special thank you to Bishop George Davo and pa Pastor April Davis. They're our best friends in the entire world. Let's give it up for them. They were here at the first service earlier today. And uh, they were the ones who gave us the wisdom uh, to have the first exploratory meeting. It actually came from them, and that's why we had that. And now I want to honor our pastors, Apostle Frederick Casey Price and Dr. Betty Price. Can we give it up for them right now? And so they weren't able to be here with us in person, but they sent a letter that I'd like to read before you all. And I also want to tell you a story. You know, five years ago, October the 13th, 2013, was really one of the lowest moments in my entire life. And so, you know, of course, five years later, uh, October the 28th, 2018, is one of the highest moments of my life. And so, believe it or not, you never forget the people who were there with you when you were at your lowest. That's really who your real friends are. So can you imagine driving down the road and your phone rings and there's a California area code uh, that's reading through your vehicle. Now most of us, when there's not a name attached to that number, that means we don't know them. And so we don't what? Answer the phone if it's a number that we don't know. We don't answer that phone. Now that's for different reasons why some people don't answer the phone. Uh, and I'll just slide right by that. I won't touch that today. Uh, and so I decided for, on this day to pick it up. And on the other side, I'd never talked to him on the phone before. I did, at that time, I didn't even know how he got my number. And it was Apostle Frederick Casey Price, who I grew up watching on television, who was the reason I went to Word of Faith in the first place. I was going around asking everyone in the city, is there a church around here like Frederick Casey Price's church? And that's how I ended up at Word of Faith. And so he's on the phone and he says to me, Joel, this is Apostle Frederick Price. And I'm calling to check on you. We heard about the events that took place in your life. And then he began to offer me some wisdom because I told him that I wasn't going to stay in Atlanta. This is like four days after that event happened. I'm going to take my family and we're getting ready to leave. And he said, well, wait a minute, Joel. Did God call you to pastor? I said, yes. 
He said, did he call you to pastor in Atlanta? I said, I believe he did. Then he asked me, was there fruit there to confirm that he called you to pastor in Atlanta? I said, yes. He said, so then if he called you to pastor in Atlanta, there was fruit there, why are you leaving? Then he threw this parable out. He said, if everyone in the city of Smyrna attended Faith Christian Center on Sunday morning, these were his exact words, everyone in that city attended that church, what would that church do? My answer to him was this. I said, well, that church could only fit uh, the amount of people that they had chairs for. So he said, well, what would all the other people have to do? I said, well, if they still wanted to worship on that Sunday, they would have to find another place to worship. He said, my point exactly. One church cannot meet the needs of every person in metropolitan Atlanta. So if God called you and he confirmed it with fruit, then why would you leave? And for whatever reason, folks, that was the wisdom that I needed to continue this journey. And I stand here today telling you, I'm so glad I stayed in the city of Atlanta. And so he says, Dear Joel and Trish, greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus. Betty and I express our warmest congratulations to Linked Up Church at the, at the grand opening of your new church facility. We rejoice with you over what God has done in this blessed and glorious occasion. And of course, we give him all the glory and honor for his goodness. Joel and Trish, it's an honor to be a part of what God continues to do in your ministry. This special milestone celebration marks the beginning of the next chapter in your ministry as the Lord takes you to higher heights. We thank God for you, for your friendship, and for the lives that have been changed as a result of your ministry. Betty and I stand in agreement with you that God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In honor of this special celebration, we have enclosed a love gift, and it's a really big love gift too. I want you all to see that too fast. Let's thank God for the love gift. Beautiful love gift that I'm getting ready to hand to you when I'm done. And it says here, uh, and we're rejoicing over this glorious time that the Heavenly Father has brought you all to. We thank God for your obedience to his word in serving the church, the community, and the body of Christ. We love you and we miss you. wish you many more years of service in him. With love, Frederick and Betty Price, Apostle Fred and Dr. Betty Price. Let's thank God for our covenants. Come on, I want you all to do better than that. Let's thank God for our covenants. What you all have to understand is at the same time that that happened, they came in and they restored us, they set us back up, they gave us credentials, they ordained us, gave us credibility, and it was that, folks, that a lot of people were able to say, you know what, Frederick K.C. Price didn't just get saved yesterday. So a lot of people were able to look at that and say, if Frederick K.C. Price supports him, then I think I can continue to support him too. That's how big that was in that moment. So I just wanted to take a moment to thank him and Dr. Betty for helping us get to this point. We're going to honor them for the rest of their lives. Of course, physically, they're in their late 80s, and so they can't travel like they used to. We're going to go see them in December, and the reality is as long as they're in the earth, 
I'm going to call them my pastors, and I'm going to honor them for what they've done for us. And so, Father, we give you all the glory for the victory that you provided for us today. We don't stand here by ourselves, Father. We stand here because of your grace, your goodness, and your mercy that allowed us to be here. We take no credit for every step of this journey, but we give you all the glory. And so, Father, in these brief minutes that I'll have with this local congregation today, may your word find its mark, may it uplift hearts, and may lives be changed as a result of the ministry of your word. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Move up and down every aisle, in and out of every row. Heal, deliver, set free, and make hope. Allow not one person to walk out of here the same way that they walked in. And, and should you desire to flow or function in any of the gifts or operations of the Holy Spirit, have your way today. Be glorified in this service in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. I want you all to give our music department a big round of applause. They work hard. Love on somebody. Speak life into them. Compliment them. Give them a hug. And you can be seated. Thank you, music department. Praise God. You know, I was just all day yesterday studying and I probably wrote eight different messages because over the last five years, I mean, there's just so many stories I want to tell. And so when I couldn't condense it into a 15-minute message, I just asked God at about 12 midnight last night, what is the conclusion of this matter? And you know what his answer was to me? I am faithful. And then I just began to pour scriptures about the faithfulness of God. And so I want to minister to you today, and I won't take long to do it, just God is faithful at Linked Up Church. I want you to come to know God in the way that he wants him to know you right here at, faith, uh, at Linked Up Church. As a God that you can depend on, that you can trust, that you can rely on, a God who will do exactly what he said he would do. So God wants us to know that we can trust him to always keep his promises. The best way to follow along today, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, if you'll go to the event section on that Bible app, just click on Linked Up Church, you can type it in. This outline is right there and you can also add notes to it as the Lord leads you. But that'll be the best way to follow along. Scriptures will go up on the screen as well. Turn with me to Psalms number 89 and we're going to read stanza 8. Psalms 89 stanza 8 as a opening text. We're talking about God is faithful at Linked Up Church. I want to ask a question. Won't he do it? Or should I say it this way? Will he do it? Won't he do it? Will he? Won't he? Will he? Won't he? Won't he? Will he? Will he? Won't he? Won't he? Will he? I don't know which one it is, but I do know he did it. Welcome home, Linked Up Church. This is your reward. Psalms 89.8 here says, O Lord God of hosts, who is like you? O mighty Lord, listen to what it says here, 
Your faithfulness surrounds you. I'm reading out of the Amplified as an intrinsic, unchangeable part of your very being. So this verse is telling us that God's character, his very being, is to be faithful. That's who he is, and that's what he does. Faithfulness is at the heart of all that God is and all that God does. All of his attributes can be wrapped up in the fact that he is faithful. If you are bold enough to believe what his word says, he is faithful to deliver his word in your life every single time. Now, believe it or not, four years ago, and this is really how this works, when you go through, or five years ago, when you go through something, I mean, no, really, you don't want to talk to a whole lot of people about what you're going through. You want to go to God and then ask God, what is his answer to what you're going through? And so, God, we were having this conversation, and this is all I asked God. I said, God, you know everything, and you saw everything. And the only thing I'm asking you, God, is to make it right. And this is what God said. God said, turn over to Michael, Micah chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, and read that. If you all would, put that on the screen for me. This is not on the outline. This was the word that the Lord gave me five years ago when I asked him to make it right. Put that up on the screen. Micah chapter 7, 7 and 8, out of the Message Bible. I'll go ahead and begin to read that while they're finding it. It says here, but me, I'm not giving up. Linked up church, I'm so glad I did not give up. And man, there were thousands of days, it seems like, where I would wake up and I wanted to give up. And I'd go back and read this word and remember, I made a declaration before God that I would not give up. It says, but me, I am not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm so glad I stuck around long enough to see this day, folks. And a lot of times, that's where we miss it at believers, as believers. We quit too early. We are knocking on the door of the victory that God has provided for us. The pressure is at an all-time high. The enemy is coming in on every way. And you've got to know that's when you are closer to your victory than you could have ever imagined. So the word he gave me was, I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. And so for five years, I've been believing for God to make things right, and I've been believing for God to listen to me. As I look around this room, folks, not only did God make it right, he 100% listened to my heart. And can we give him all the glory for that today? I want to talk to you about four keys to understanding God's faithfulness. And I'm going to go through these quick today. Uh, we've had, this is our second service. It, it is a lot going on. Uh, a lot of things we're doing. I want you all to be patient. It'll take us a few weeks to master this building, parking lot, work out a lot of the kinks, uh, and just really have it running efficiently and smoothly. So just be patient, okay? We'll have this running like a well-oiled machine within six to eight weeks. God is faithful. Point number one today, God is faithful to his promises. I said, God, I might need to say that a little differently. God is faithful to his promises. 
I'll say it again until it hits your spirit. God is faithful to his promises. I just want to say that again until that wells up in your spirit and you believe that with all of your heart, that God is faithful to his promises. Go with me to Numbers chapter 23. And we're going to read verses 19 and 20 out of the New King James Version. God is faithful to fulfill his promises. Point number one. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Now, has anyone ever promised you something and didn't come through? Yes. Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? Right? No, we all have, right? That doesn't make us feel too good when someone promises us something and they don't come through. See, what God is telling you is he's not like that. If he promises you something, he will deliver and fulfill that promise every single time. He says, I'm not a man. Don't put me in that category. Don't compare me to what other people have done to you. Don't make your experiences with people similar to your experiences, experiences with me because you can't compare the two. You can depend on me every time. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and he will not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. How many of y'all know the moment you speak his word out of your mouth, and he commands the blessing on the word that was spoken. How I many know he can't go back on his promise? I'm trying to get somebody to see this today. So no matter, see a lot of times we look at, well, such and such did that and they died. Listen, don't compare your life. They that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Don't ever base what you're believing for off of what happened to somebody else. That's why, he, that's why he said, I'm not a man. Don't put me in the category with people. You got to know God for yourself. And you got to stand on his word for yourself. And you got to find out what he said for yourself. And if you're bold enough to speak it, he said, I'll bless it. And when I bless it, I won't reverse it. That's good news for somebody in here. I want you to listen to me. Nobody is coming in here and taking this bill. Oh, I need a little better shout than that one right there. Nobody walking through no side doors. Come on, somebody. Nobody walking through no back doors. God has blessed this, and it cannot be reversed. Folks, this is not, listen, this is not the end. This is only the beginning of all the wonderful things God is getting ready to do for us. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. We're talking about God is faithful to fulfill his promise. He's faithful at linked up church. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 amplifies says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without water in the earth, making it bare and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Listen to what he says. So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, useless, and without results, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Amen. 
So if you're bold enough to stand on it and say it out of your mouth, then he's bold enough to make it prosper and accomplish and succeed wherever it is sent. God is a good God. God is a faithful God. I don't care what you're going through right now. You can depend on him and you can depend on his word. If you can't find anybody else to turn to, that's probably a good situation for you to be in. I called everyone and couldn't get anybody. That's probably the best situation you can be in because now you need to call God and realize at the end of the day, he's the only one you're going to be able to depend on anyway. Come on, I need a real good amen right there. You've got to learn that lesson in life. Anything that people give you is a plus, but God will come through every single time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I want to show you another verse here. I mean, when you have the word and then you speak the word, you got to learn how to hold on to that word because the enemy is always present to try to take the word that's been sown into your heart, the word that you're standing on, the word that you're believing God for. I've had to wake up for five years and say, we will buy our first building debt-free. without all the resources to do it. I mean, if you continue to do that over an extended period of time, you'll buy your first building. Cash. Mike, that was one of the best feelings in the world, to be at that closing. How will you be paying for this today? What bank will you be using? That checkbook right there. Come on, somebody, that's a, that's a miracle. Come on, somebody, that's a modern day. Come on, I said that's a modern. God will do what he said he will do. And he's not just doing that for Joel Gregory. He's doing that for anybody that will believe what he said and actually act on it. He will fulfill it and it will succeed every time. Hebrews says, let us seize, verse 23 amplified, let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is, watch this, reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. So many people always, I'm not sure if God will do it. Listen, if you'll stand on it and you'll believe it, he'll do it. Babe, babe, do you realize I am preaching in our church home. We're not in a mobile church right now. Come on. I, do you all realize that this belongs to us? Come on, this belongs to God. Come on, victory belongs to Jesus. He did this for us. You know why he did this for us? Not because she's great, not because I'm great, not because you're great. He did this because he's faithful and he's great. And he said, if I can just find somebody that'll believe me for the impossible and then give me the glory when I do it, no good thing will I withhold from that individual that'll believe me for whatever and then give me the glory after I give it to him. Folks, would you take five seconds and just give God all the glory for what he has done? Come on, he's reliable. He's trustworthy. He's faithful to his word. He stands 
stands by his word. He guards his word. He hovers over his word. He has to perform what he said. He is not a man that he can lie. If he said it, he's got to see it through. Glory to God. Number two, God is faithful to the faithful. See, God will always do his part. Sometimes the question is, will we do our part? Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 through 9, and I could have really developed this, but we're going to get you out of here today. Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 9, speaking specifically to the children of Israel, Moses here, notice what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 through 9, New King James Version. He says, the Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples, peoples, my peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. How many know we all have Pharaohs in our lives? Come on, I said, how many of y'all know we all have pharaohs in our lives? But let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, if God has ever redeemed you, come on, go ahead and give him all the glory for it right now. And then he says, therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant. What kind of God is he? How did he describe him? The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him. See, watch this now. It's not just to everybody. It's those who love him and those who keep his commandments. Does anybody love God in this place today? Come on, has anybody been keeping the word of God? So if you understand what he's saying, if you'll keep his word, he has the ability to keep you, your children, your children's children, your children's children's children. Come on, somebody. Should the Lord tarry down to a thousand generations because of your faithfulness to him? I believe my great-grandchildren will benefit from our faithfulness. God is faithful in your trials, number three. Is anyone going through something right now? Raise your hand if you're going through something right now. Raise your hand. It's okay. Everybody going through something. If you're not raising your hand, everybody going through something. It's called life. God is faithful in your trials, right? You work for Chrysler, correct? Okay, watch this verse here. 1 Peter chapter 4, 12 through 19. Joe Mark Brooks in the building. The designer of the linked up logo. Appreciate you, man. Hodge Flemings is the one that's developing the brand for that. Thank you, guys. And they've been in my life for almost 30 years. It's a blessing to have people that stick with you. These two young men right here. Come on, give God glory for that. I can call them on the drop of a dime, and they're going to deliver. I got another one for you all, too. God gave me something else for men's ministry. It's time to raise up some kings. Come on, we need a little better amen than that. Time to raise up some kings. 
My, my wife's going to do an excellent job with the ladies. I am not concerned about that. We already have some of the most dynamic women in the United States of America right here at Linked Up Church. But they're going to do a wonderful job. First Peter chapter 4, 12 through 19, Amplified says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. So we got to stop acting like that wasn't supposed to happen. You were supposed to get knocked upside the head. See, see, we don't like that, right? He said, don't even be surprised when it happens. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. Watch this. That is to test the quality of your faith. See, everybody says they believe something until they go through something. Right? And you don't know what you're made of until it gets tested. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. And so in the uh, car factory, what, what, what they're going to do to make sure that they build a good product, they're going to test that vehicle multiple times, right, to see what, how crash-ready it is. But the only way to find out how well it'll do in a crash is to do what with it? Crash it. So they'll put a crash dummy in there so to see the level of impact that that vehicle can take to determine the quality of the way that it was built. See what really it can take out there in a real accident. And so what you don't understand is that fight that's been brought to you is because you're built to handle it. It would have never showed up at your door if you didn't have the ingredients to not just overcome it, but to defeat it once and for all. Got to understand that. So you got to start looking at that stuff like, man, is this the best he could do? Let's keep reading here. It's taking place to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith as though something strange or unusual were happening to you. It's nothing happening to you that hasn't happened to anybody else. See, everybody wants to land here, but they don't want to get fired to do it. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. Come on, they don't want to start off in a living room with deacons sitting at your dining room table and, and, and everybody around your house. Come on, somebody. They don't want to have a pickup truck in your driveway in the wintertime loading the truck. My wife and I loading the truck to get ready for service in the morning and unloading the truck when you didn't have people to help you. They don't want all of that. They just want to get here. They don't want to be mobile. They don't want to sacrifice income. Come on, somebody. They just want to get here. But I'm telling you, you need to go through that in order to get here. I said you need to go through that in order to get there. Verse 13, but insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, keep on rejoicing so that when his glory filled with his radiance and splendor is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. So he just gave you some insight to really test the quality of your faith. So when you're in that situation, he said, keep rejoicing. And then he said, rejoice with great joy. Why would you rejoice with great joy and you just lost your job? Why would you rejoice with great joy and you just got a doctor's report that says 
you have terminal cancer and you have so much time. Why would that make you just leap up and give God glory? And you've got to have some inside information in order to do something like that. You understand? I'm talking about there's a foreclosure notice on your house, and you are rejoicing and giving God glory. You're looking at more bills than you have money to pay, and you are rejoicing and giving God glory. Now, I'm going to test your faith right now. How many of y'all are going through something right now? Rejoice at the level that you believe he's already delivered you. Hey, leave them alone, because you don't know what they've been through. As a matter of fact, you need to quit being so conservative with your little suit on and your little tie on. Come on, and your hair all done. Sometimes you need to forget all of that and get sweaty and give God some glory in advance for what you know he's already done. You've got to have that about you. You've got to be in a position where to everybody else, it looks like you're losing. You must have that about you. You gotta be able to walk around like everything is all right with your chin up, your chest back, God is in control, everything is gonna be all right. You better talk about me while you can because I won't be here for the rest of my life. Talk about me now because I won't stay here forever. I am coming out to the glory of God the Father. You must have that about you. When you're in this situation, everybody wants this without that. And it's that that reveals what you really are. And what and who you really believe. You can be seated. Verse 14, so if you are insulted and reviled for bearing the name of Christ, you are blessed, you are happy with life, joy, and comfort in God's salvation regardless of your circumstances. Did you hear that? You're doing it for Christ, you are blessed regardless. If I'm suffering for him, praise God. I get that privilege to identify with his suffering. Hallelujah. Don't miss what I said today. Everybody wants this without that. And it's that that gets you to this. That's excellent. There is no crown without going through the cross. Sometimes we're a little too soft. The first time a little pressure or resistance shows up, we won't see you for months. That's never the time to run from God. That's the time to run to God. 
I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen in here right now. Yes. Glory. 15. Make sure that none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or any sort of criminal in response to persecution or as a troublesome meddler interfering in the affairs of other matters. In other words, don't be suffering because you're around here gossiping and running your mouth about what's going on in other people's lives. I mean, we all got enough to deal with on our own to be sitting around talking about what other people are going through. I declare Linked Up Church will not be a gossiping church. In Jesus' name. I said I declare Linked Up Church will not be a gossiping church. In Jesus' name. So he said you don't want to suffer that way. All right? So make sure none of you. Verse 17. For it is the time destined for judgment to begin with the household of God. See, God needs us to show the world how to go through something and come out the right way. You got to understand that. That's why he chose you on that job to go through all that persecution. So that they can see how to walk through something like that without changing and giving God the glory. Then the very boss who persecuted you ends up working for you. Come on, somebody. And you still take care of it. That's why you go through what you go through on your job, because he chose you to show them how to do it. Sanana, wear it like a badge. So it starts with us. See, he, he judges us. Oh, man, I, I'm about to get lost in this mess. He judges us. So it's got to begin with us. And if it begins with us, then what will be the outcome for those who don't respect or believe or obey the gospel of God? Did you hear what he just said, Mike? See, if we don't show them the right way, then what are they going to do? See, so because we didn't respond the right way, now the world is lost. That's the responsibility that he placed on us. So the trial wasn't even for you. It was for the world to be able to see how well he could deliver you from that situation. So that that unbelieving person would look at that and say, only God could have done something like that for them. Now that unbelieving person has to now come back and ask the question, how were you able to go through all of that with a smile on your face? How were you able to go through all of that and I never heard you cuss? Some of y'all said, I'm still working on that one, Pastor. Just keep working on it. Right? Do you understand now how important it is for you to do things the right way? Because the world is watching. I want to say this publicly. I won't. Let's keep going. So it starts with us. Look at verse 18. And if it is difficult for the righteous to be saved, then what will become of this godless, of the godless and the sinner? So he's saying if it's difficult for the righteous person to be delivered, then there's really no hope for them if we don't stay in the fight and stay in the battle so that the world can see how great he can deliver us. Verse 19, therefore those who are ill-treated and suffer in accordance with the will of God 
must continue to do right and commit their souls for safekeeping to the what? To the what? To the what? Folks, it takes character to keep doing what's right because it's right, even though everybody is treating you wrong. I'm preaching much better than, than that little weak clap you all are giving right now. It takes real character to get up and say, I'm not going to return evil for evil, but blessings. Takes real character to have money taken from you on your job and get demoted and you still produce more work. Takes real character for your spouse to leave you and walk away and leave you in a situation like that and you still keep giving God the glory and you keep, still keep doing right because it's right. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to learn how to let people go because what's coming is going to be far greater than what left. Come on. Come on, somebody. But if you keep hanging on to what left, you'll never see what's coming. You got to learn the art of continuing to do the right thing because it is the right thing that is always the right thing to do. I don't do it for any other reason than it is right to do it. Let's close here. Praise God for his faithfulness. Now, it's, it's, it's time to build linked up culture. Unbelievers come in here, it should be clear. Who's saved and who's not saved? Closed mouths don't know God. And closed mouths don't eat. People who know God, praise God. It should not take this music department to come in here and prime you and pump you every single week. You need to learn how to bring something to the table. Come on, if he woke you up this morning, then that's enough right there to say thank you, Jesus. It's time to set some linked up culture here. Psalms 100, stanzas one through five, Amplified says, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Come on, there's a difference between the saved and the unsaved. I said, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Hallelujah. There's a way that God wants us to serve him. Come on, leave, leave all bad attitudes out there. Come on, somebody. Once you step over the line, come on, once you commit it to the day, then there's a way that God wants you to serve him. He says, serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Yeah. It's a privilege to serve the living God. Come on, if you're going to greet people, greet them with a smile on your face. If you're going to be out on the parking lot, tell the people it's so wonderful to see him today. If you're going to serve God, then serve God with gladness. Come before his presence with joyful singing, know and fully recognize with gratitude that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now watch this. 
I've been an athlete all of my life. And so the bottom line is, what we would, Mike, you know what I'm talking about. Once you step across that line, you better put your game face on. And you better play like your pants are on fire. And if you didn't come to win, then don't even get out here on the court today. Because we play the game to win the game. So every time you come through those doors right there, once you step across that line, there's a right and a wrong way to do that. Don't come up in here complaining. Don't come in here talking about what's wrong. Don't bring your problems in here because God is bigger than your problems. Come on, somebody. There's a way to come through those gates. He said, enter into his gates with a song of thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Soon as you come through those doors, check yourself at the door. When you cross over that line, I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank you for another day, God. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. When you come through those doors, come in here the right way. Giving God thanksgiving, giving him glory, and giving him praise. Why don't you practice right now and give God some thanksgiving in this place? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Don't come in here the wrong way. He said, enter his gates with the song of thanksgiving and into his course with praise. You know why we praise God? Because of all the wonderful things he's done. It says, be thankful to him, bless and praise his name. Then it tells us why. For the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. What does it say there? His faithfulness endures to all generations. We're getting ready to take a few minutes to praise God because I just think it is the right thing to do for his faithfulness. Now, if he hasn't done anything for you, then you just stand there like a bump on a log, like you've been sucking on a sour lemon all day long. If he hasn't done anything for you, then you don't need to do nothing for him. But if he's been good to you, bless his holy name. Come on, let's get it started. Come on, let's yeah. get it started. Come on, let's get it started.